Welcome in. It is RJ Bell's dream preview. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the Fezzik Focus Pod, so that means I am joined by the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fezzik, how are we today? A little groggy, but good. Yes. Boy, I feel you on the groggy. Not a great night of sleep for your boy here, but uh, we're going to power through this thing. Shows you're working hard. Uh, maybe. Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's start the way we like to start our show with a Fez tale. Yeah, let's do a comp from the past. It used to be easier to get food comps, especially at some of the off-strip Casino. So I'm going to go back to the late 1990s. One of my first um, food full comp. I was at the old Maxim Hotel playing blackjack. I think my average bet size was like yeah, $75. Played for like an hour and a half. And they wrote me a full RFB food comp for their gourmet room. And back then, most of even the crappy casinos had great gourmet rooms. So, and to this day, you still see it downtown, like you go cellar at the Four Queens or like the California has like a really good gourmet room. So they had a really good one. Went there with two other guys from Transamerica. I worked for Transamerica. I don't know if it was Mike Munson. I know it was a guy named Evan Zarefsky. And so Evan was like, you know, he had one unique trait. I wanted to share this with you. So we played softball. He was not a tall guy. When he rounded the bases, he would touch the bases with his hands, not his feet. Oh, that's weird. Um, I has to be slower, but he was like, he wasn't a tall guy and he was athletic. And, you know, the funny thing is I was thinking if a major leaguer did that, it would be cool. You know, just once or twice, like he could say, oh, I, you know, I, I rounded the base wrong and I just grabbed it with my, with my hand. It um, might be cool, but it would never be efficient. Exactly. But it would be cool to do it once. And just like a guy catching the ball barehanded when he's like mistimed, you know, where the yeah. gloves should be, you know, it could happen that you're like, you know, not far out enough, whatever on the base pass that that would be proper. So I know Evan was there and we're dressed like ragamuffins, bums in this gourmet room. And we're just going to town. Now the, the term gourmet room is not one I've heard often. Is this like the nice restaurant in the hotel, whatever the, like the steakhouse is in the hotel, like uh, at the golden nugget, it's the, um, um, Vic and Anthony's. Vic and Anthony's. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting because now it's like fine dining, it's called. But it used to be the gourmet room. That's what okay. they used to call all these, like, really good back in the 90s restaurants. So we went to town. Like, you know, I don't know if we, we – I'm sure we had, like, the best steak and we had the lobster. And then we – I remember we topped it up with, like, the cherries Jubilee uh -huh. and the banana foster. Like, whatever's on fire, you know, dessert. And it was just, like, an epic – epic meal and like to this day i'm thinking like god it's so nice to like you know you know good food given free tastes twice as good as good food you have to pay for and it's a lot harder to get those the, the good food comps these days anyway oh there's no doubt about it like right now like i love the nobu like if i had one sample thing to eat it would be the wagyu beef tacos at nobu all right but they're like an ounce and a half for twenty dollars each <laughs> So you better be comped or rich or both. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's got to be it got to be at least one or the other. Okay, let's jump into the pod and I want to start with I, I guess a, a timely topic, the Kentucky Derby. Uh what is some of your basic strategy when it comes to the Derby? Uh how much of this is you leaning on uh other people? Who do the who who follow horse racing all the time? How much of it is your kind of your go-to strategy that you've learned over the years? Yeah, special pregame investigative analysis has indeed 
determined that this is the week for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I don't care who anybody likes. I don't care. You know, it's like people, there's going to be all these guys out there. This is probably bad for sales. Um, but there's going to be a, a zillion guys that are going to give out their Derby picks. And many of them have done very well documented over the past five years. Frankly, I think it's survivorship bias that if you've got 50 different people picking the Derby the last 10 years, inevitably four of them are going to have this long-term great track record showing, you know, within the 95% confidence interval that they're a winning uh, picker on the Kentucky Derby. I get it. I get the theory that there's tons of public money in there. And I do understand that such that if there was ever a race that you should be able to beat, it's the Kentucky Derby. Having said that, uh, the dastardly bookie is worse in the horse racing arena where he takes, you know, 15, 18, 22% um, of a rake on each and every game with the mutual, um, uh, the paramutual. And so because of that, I pretty much avoid it. And I go, I do my basic strategy, go to horse to horse matchups. I bet the Kentucky Derby like a sports better. I'm looking for matchups like no different than golf or tennis. Rely on my experts. Tell me who they like, who they don't like. Maybe the weather's bad. Now all of a sudden I can bet on a mutter that um, is, you know, facing a course that would be much better in good weather and bet them in head-to-head matchups where now instead of laying, you know, essentially minus 150, I'm laying minus $1.10 or $1.15. I think that's the way to get at it. Same with like the winning uh, race time. Bets like that. Things I can bet over under at minus 110 or even minus 115. I got no interest trying to bet. I don't care if it's the exact to pull a needle out of the haystack. I don't want any needle in the haystack bets. And I understand people have historically won, but you know what? If I take all those people who historically have won and have proven track records and I play every one of their picks, you know who they're going to pick? They're going to pick the the number three, the number six, the number eight, the number 12, the number 14, and the number 19. And only F, one of them can win. F you guys. You're not going to win going forward unless you're the guy that's booking all the action. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, it's similar to the way you approach golf. Uh, look for matchups that you that you like, and forget about trying to pick who's going to win. I, and there are guys that win betting this stuff, but guess what? Every single one of them is going to say the same thing. Where oh, well, the, the advantage of the golfing bet, bets, this, the ridiculousness of sports betting is that you don't even get to lock in your number. So unless you're betting, you know, a, a book that allows that. But in golf, at least people can say, "Hey, I went ahead and bet this dude at eighty to one. I still like him at forty to one." Again. F you guys. No, you don't. You don't really <laughs> like him. You're just a content provider and you want to go ahead and give information because you wouldn't bet him 40 to one because you stopped betting him at when he was 70 to one. So how good can 40 to one really be? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it is uh, like when there's it's, it's hard enough to pick the winner of a game when there's two teams, when there's 20 horses, you've got to pick one. Uh, and and they're all going on at once, and they're all colliding together at once. So, I, you know, I still look back like Silver Charm once won the Kentucky Derby, and there's no way he should have won. The guy, the course coming in on the outside just ran into his butt, basically, to <laughs> to, to, to stop all of his, his inertia. Um, there's so much randomness. It, again, every game is beatable. The big six wheel is beatable in the casino, especially if you get to spin it. Uh, read... Um, um, some experts on on things like that. But uh, the bottom line is, the, and this is in the book, Beyond Counting by Grosjean, but um, there is, um, if you're smart enough to beat horses, I, I th- and then you're smart enough to be making, you know, easy, high six figures sports betting. And if you're not moving over to sports, there's just something wrong in your wiring.
All right, let's get to something that we we have had a little more success betting. That is season wins uh, in the NFL. Let's I, I guess let's first talk about some general strategy and and what are you what are you looking for at this point of of the I guess the off season we'll call it. So I compiled the current season wins for each and every team, which has been posted to several books, including the Westgate. And the Westgate sums to 8.55. We've had this discussion before. This will be not new to anyone who listens to this pod. The average should be 8.45. Why shouldn't it be 8.5? Because you can have ties. In fact, I might argue with the new overtime rules or the 10-minute overtime rules, which are relatively new, maybe it should be 8.4. I think we're going to see even more ties. Uh, So because of that... Uh, you want to look unders. If you blindly bet unders, you're probably going to do fine. So in general, I'm looking to bet teams to go under the total. Uh, But the draft just happened. The narrative is out there. Who won the draft? Who lost the draft? Draft grades. And if everyone is a slam dunk, everyone's talking about how good a team is. Well, if you're going to bet any team over, it's now. And so I've identified one team I'm going to bet on, one team I'm going to bet against. um, I'm going to bet over on... The Eagles over 10 half minus 150. I just bet that yesterday. I think it's a fine wager because I think everyone is going to support the Eagles. Alternatively, certainly you can just bet over 11. I think everyone is going to say, hey, there's three good teams, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Philly. And Philly is the clear-cut best team in the NFC. Everyone's going to bet over. Why not bet it before they do when the line moves? Yeah. So when's the, in your mind, when's the deadline on this? Like how, how long do you have after the draft before this is something that's, that's been chewed up? You tell me the uh, over 11 minus 20 is inexcusable in my, you have to lay minus a dollar 10 because it's minus 110 now. And it's obvious like sharp fifth grader. When we discuss it, should we bet the Eagles now or later? He would say, well, wait a minute. They went to the Super Bowl. They're really good. And they got better. Let's bet it now. So there is like it, it is an egregious mistake to wait any longer. You got to fire now. All right. And a team that you are pessimistic on. Uh, Mackenzie may get angry at me again, but um, the 49ers are lined at 11. Big, big picture. The Eagles are better than the 49ers. Not okay. just not just a little bit. They're significantly better. Both teams are lined the same. So we play the Niners under 11 right now. That number cannot last. It has to leak down, even though the division sucks. I still say you have to fire on it. Mackenzie, would you agree with that? He, here's and Mackenzie's mic's not working, but mm. here's the the question. Like the, the 49ers quote unquote lose the draft nearly every year. And I I believe like if the Chiefs had a really bad draft, would you be pessimistic on the Chiefs for next season? No. This is like this is where I question what you're saying. Because typically you are big on you don't care about what a team's going to look like three years down the road you want to know what's next yes and this feels like you're making decisions based on these drafts that aren't necessarily for next season like I, i think the 49ers drafted because the 49ers feel like they've got a pretty complete team so they're drafting to fill small holes guys who may not even be on the field this season it's a great point so I don't care how the 49ers are actually going to do. I just am confident this is the number that won't be there come September. Now, I get it. I just played a high total team in the Eagles over, but that's because everything's blinking green on the Eagles. Uh, The go sign is going. But in general, the narrative will go out there. Uh, Ralph Michaels just put this out. If you blindly bet teams lined up 10.5 and above under the last Mm -hmm. five years, you've done great. Over 60% playing under. Uh, Further, 
Uh, there's going to everyone's going to talk about how good Seattle is. And by the way, if there's another team to play over, uh, I don't really like overs, but Seattle over eight and a half minus 120 would be another game. I know RJ agrees with that, that I'd be bullish on to bet now rather than later. So with bullishness on Seattle, general bearishness on high total teams and the fact that everyone's going to grade the Niners as having a lousy draft. You know what? If you like the Niners over, all right, on September 10th or 3rd or whatever the opening day is right before the season starts, play over 10 and a half. But right now it's 11 and that number is a half a game too high. Okay, so this isn't necessarily anti-49ers. This is just the way you think the market is going to move on the 49ers. I would be shocked if the Niners caught any support throughout the year. And I don't see anything that can happen with their current quarterback situation. Oh, you know, um, their seventh-round pick uh, doesn't need Tommy John surgery, and he's going to be able to gut it out and play this year only moderately injured, by example. All right, let's take a look, a final look at least at the XFL uh, and start to move into USFL. I, I guess first I'll ask that the XFL, I, I, I don't think the season has gone, like the, at least the, the postseason hasn't gone the way you expected it to, but what's been unique about this XFL season? Uh, I would say, by the way, 16 and 10 this year, nine and zero the last time I played. So, but still very successful year, unsuccessful on the futures. I personally bet, uh, Houston, I had to win it all plus two. What happened to them? Did they melt? It's not like, what, what's the, uh, what's the culprit here for Houston? Everything was fine till the playoffs. You know, it was, it was a scalpable position that I had and they played Arlington, just played a bad game. Um, uh, Arlington had no offense the entire year. They got the Vipers quarterback, um, Perez. And so they were more effective with, with a quarterback. Um, and ultimately I didn't watch the game all that closely. It was a blowout. Um, but, um, you know, the 75 year old coach, you know, it's just, um, I, he seemed a little disengaged towards the end of the year and probably should be because he's 75. He should be playing with his great grandkids, not working full time. Yes. Uh, okay. So what, what do you expect as we approach I don't know what they call the championship game. What do they call it? I don't know why the XFL bowl. I, I don't know. The, 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 the rock Tris- bowl. Triscadescophobia bowl. It's uh, on May yeah. 13th. Uh, and they have a week off, which is ridiculous. A 10 week season. Why would you take a week off and have all the players, you know, just sit around in Arlington for an extra week. Um, but uh, I think it's properly priced. Well, they, they've they got to give the media time to get there and do like all the the, the media obligations that the players have, like what? a radio row and things like that. Right. No, there's no one cares. There's, oh, no one. Oh. No one's it's not like the Super Bowl. That's no, weird. no one. No one cares at all. So uh, the I mean, I, I do think see, I, it's interesting how I said all year that Seattle was like right there with the D.C. defenders being the best team. And I was roundly criticized for this. And people are still like, oh, what an idiot. Fezzik saying Seattle was almost as good as D.C. So Seattle got rolled by 12 in the um, the North title game, to which I would respond, uh, close pick them, and they're on the road. So yeah. the market clearly, and people might argue, well, that's because people stupidly well, listen to you. I was going to say, don't you sort of set the market? Uh, I, I didn't get, <laughs> I did, you know what? I didn't give out Seattle when they're catching three, you know, all week long. So that was not my selection. This past week, so I didn't play that. So if I don't like Seattle plus three, it probably means I like D.C. at Pickham. Although, to be fair, I didn't give that out either. Um, just an example where the stats were really good for Seattle. They had a great wide receiving core. Danucci, when he wasn't turning the ball over, was a great quarterback. But it was a bridge too far to make that game, you know, move all the way to pick with the beer snake and everything that, you know, Washington does have a really good home field advantage 
Um, I would say the number one takeaway, the line moves are too magnified. Like I would see three, four point line moves going nutso. And, and this is happening also with the uh, USFL in general, it is rarely wrong to fade the narrative. The markets, the, the, the limits are low in these sports. And if you see a four point line move, just fade it and go the other way blind. So DC Arlington, the championship game, what's the current number and where do you expect it to, to end? The current number is six. I can't see um, Arlington catching any support. I think it will close seven. Um, so if you if you had to make a bet on it right now, I would probably look at DC either on the money line or on the spread right now. Um, if you want to lock in a number, but I can't be certain of this line move. But um, DC's been you know so much better than than any team in the South all year long, and the North is so much better than the South. So, and the Northern teams play each other twice and they only play the South teams once. So their, their schedules are skewed towards a higher strength of schedule. Uh, they're going to kill them. So I would, I, if I had to play it, I'd play the favorite. What have you, and now that the USFL has been underway, what are some differences uh, in the way you approach the two, the two leagues? You know, the USFL feels a little more like the NFL in some ways. I don't know why. It's not like the players are any better. I, I haven't watched it as closely the one thing I'm doing with this league is I'm throwing preseason expectations completely out the window. I don't care that the Philadelphia Stars were really good last year and they should have been the champions and Cookus was a great quarterback. I don't care. I'm just looking. I got three games of data and I'm looking at the underlying numbers for those three games. And, you know, that's with so much turnover on the rosters. I'm evaluating the teams rightly or wrongly for the most part based upon you are what you show in the stats year-to-date, not what your preseason expectations, which were just complete and utter guesses. All right, let's, uh, before we get you out of here with, I'm sure, a a best bet from Fez, I'm going to give you 20% off, 20% off for listeners of this podcast, the Fezic Focus podcast, good for seven days from now. Uh, Use the code USFL20, USFL20. Fez loves the USFL. He uh, the thinks that he's he thinks it could overtake the NFL. He said, uh, "You know the, is... the rules could 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 you know they, they kick off from the twenty. The it's 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 just brilliant. The NFL should incorporate both leagues' rules. They should kick off from the twenty, and they should have all the other twenty-one dudes, you know, on the other side of the field, lined up shaking hands, so no one there aren't the car crash collisions. Yeah, and then everyone's going to start with the ball in the forty instead of the twenty-five, and there could be tons more scoring and overs. And public loves that, especially fantasy football geeks. So USFL two zero is the promo code for this podcast. All right, Fez, this is what everybody came here for. What's your best bet for this episode? I will give three best bets. So Whoa! Two of them are already given out. So okay, if you've okay, been okay. listening, but there's those who fast forward at the end because they don't want to hear Fezzik. They just want the winners. And if you did that, you have – you. My man, you are a success because you're going to get all three of the best bets right now without wasting your time with Gourmet Room Tales. We're going to go Eagles over 11, 49ers under 11, and baseball, we're going to give out a bet that I've made 10 times already over the course of the year, a season win bet that they're going to put. It's not up right now. They'll get put up later um, today or tomorrow at um, Caesars. It's any guess what season win bet I'm going to give out for I'm going to fade a baseball team. You're going to go under on the Oakland A's win total. The god-awful Oakland A's, which will be right around 52. I'm going to play the A's under 52 now. The math Guys out there are going to are going to do the math and say, "Wait a minute, Fez, for Oakland to go under fifty two, that means they got to go fifty two and one hundred and twelve. Uh, I'm sorry, fifty two and one hundred. So they got to be 
50 games below 500, everyone knows that even the worst teams in baseball win 60 games approximately. And now you're asking them to only win 50. How in the world are they going to be 50 below 500? To which I'm going to respond, what's today? May, right? Early May? It is May the 4th. So Oakland is already 20 below 500 in their first month of play. So think about this. For them to, um, if they somehow play four times better the rest of the year and they only go five below every month going forward after going 20 below, and yes, they blew a ninth-inning lead against Seattle back-to-back nights in a rare winnable games, they, bullpen is just atrocious. They, um, if they go five below, let's see, we got May, June, July, August, September. That's five months. That's 25 below. They're already 20 below. That's 45 below playing four times better than they have played year to date. So I would expect more likely they're going to be like seven, eight games below 500 each and every month. And they're only going to get worse as we go forward. As they start to trade away player. I mean, who would want any of these guys, but they would. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they, they can rake a little bit. Oakland's going to only win 45 games this year. They're oh, wow. totally demotivated. They don't even know where they're going to be in a couple years. They've got no home. Their fans hate them. There's possums running around. There's there's wild animals in the clubhouse, which is fine because there, there's no reason for any, any media guys to go to any A's sure. games other than to cover the upcoming move to Vegas. Under 52, best bet, Oakland A's. And by the way, I started out betting this bet where I played, will any team lose 100 games that I bet? Yes, we talked about this. Uh, well, that's a lock now because Oakland's going to lose 120. So I think they're going to lose 100 along the way. So I have more money if I count, if I roll in that bet and I roll in all of the under 59, 58, 56, 55, and 54 that I bet year-to-date on Oakland. And how much have I played back? Zero point. Zero. So if the A's win the World Series, what's worse, this or Fairleigh Dickinson? Uh, oh, it's 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 worse for Oakland now. <laughs> it is worse for Oakland because I laid more I, because, because I laid. I mean, I know I laid all that with big because I played back on the Purdue game right. during the game, and I I've not played back nothing on Oakland, and I I got to tell you, I see no. If I had to, if I had to, you know, at the current number. 52, if I didn't have any action at Oakland, this would be one of my biggest bets of the year to play under 52. All right, there you go. Uh, guys, have you signed up for pregame.com yet? And if you haven't, now's the time to do so. Pregame will give you $25, free $25 site purchase just for signing up. It takes 90 seconds. You can take advantage of being a site member by making, tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks and analysis in the forums, draw a following, become a valued member. Sign up today. Get a, tr- a free $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from one of pregame's very own professional handicappers. Could be Steve Fezzik. Could be Mackenzie Rivers. Great NBA. Get your free best bet today at pregame.com. Fezzik, thank you as always. And good luck to you guys out there. We will talk to you next week. Bye.